GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast. We're back here for another week and this week, for the first time this season, we have a guest. Hasn't been with us for a couple years, but uh, with us, writer for ESPN 1500, Jess Myers. Jess, how's it going? Hammy, Vigo, and Jupiter. Uh, do I get like a code name at any point? No, it's going great, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, <laughs> Jackwagon and loser. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Inch, what? inch killer. Inch, I, there we go. I was going to say bulldog, but that'd be a little too <laughs> obvious. Anything? Yeah, wait a minute. Fun. weren't you on? weren't you on last year? I thought you were on last year. I, I, last year. I think it was it was late in the thirteen season, actually. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Time flies. We took a year off from Jess. We kind of needed it. That was that was a frozen four ago. My oh my. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I go for a frozen four. You know, I I was there. I was in Philly. I saw it. I saw it happen. Yeah, we didn't need to see it. It was ugly. Well, the semifinal was pretty cool. Well, I mean, that probably was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those oh my god moments. Did that really just happen? <laughs> True, and it probably killed you at, at heart, didn't it? Oh no! I mean, that was that, you know, I had I had flown out there, you know, with Coach Woog and with the Gopher parents. So I, you know, well, I was a proud Minnesotan. Well, well that's think. entertainment enough. Anything with Coach Woog, absolutely, absolutely. Because boy, he you know he is Mister Entertainment. Quick, quick story about the that game and specifically the way that game ended. So the shot goes in, and you know, I'm I'm pretty sure they let the clock expire, even though it was obvious yes. that the puck had gone in. So the Gophers celebrate. And then they have to review it, and then there's another celebration when when it's shown on the like the video board. <laughs> then they start to celebrate again, but the refs haven't officially announced it. So then they officially announce, yeah, it's a good goal. Then they celebrate again. Then they have to line up for the po- last point six second face off. <laughs> they drop the puck, the horn blows, and then there's like a fourth celebration. So you know, not only do the Gophers win the game, but but the North Dakota fans in attendance have to sit and watch. Four separate celebrate. I mean, it's like it's like endless endless replays of oh, things. Oh, so what? I know. Who cares? It's the fighting. Who? It doesn't matter. It's uh, my my sister's a North Dakota grad, and, and we have this tradition where I go to the Frozen Four every year. And let's face it, they get there a lot. Yes. And she always says, "Can you get me a North Dakota T-shirt from the Frozen Four? Well, <laughs> I I joked with her last weekend. I I love getting her T-shirts because by Friday morning they're always on deep discount. But. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We don't, we don't talk much for obvious reasons. Well, obviously, uh, North Dakota's in the news. They're down to their last two names, fellas. Fighting Hawks and Rough Riders. Go Rough Riders. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like, you know, Rough Riders would obviously be good because obviously, you know, what, what we could do with it. But Fighting Hawks, I, I'm kind of looking forward to calling them the Fox. Okay, I mean, I get that, but it's sort of like all just trying to, it's like a cheap imitation of fighting Sue to me. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like, I know, but I'm just saying, it's like, show some imagination. You I, I, I mean? want to call him the Fox. Well, you, well, maybe they <laughs> should be called that, but. <laughs> 
anyway, our Gophers did play this past weekend. They split out their Notre Dame, you know, Lucia versus Lucia, the final episode, whatever. The last chapter. Oh, the last chapter. Thank God. Jesus. I was getting sick of that crap. Vigs. Not that great Friday night, Saturday night much better, but uh, I would say all in all it was a good weekend. Yeah, I think getting the win on Saturday was obviously very important for this team. They have such a hard time generating chances five on five. Um, it was nice to, to see them do some of that on, on Saturday. I thought it was probably the best game they've played. Um, some of the guys who have uh, been the whipping boys of GPL, like Taylor Camerata, made some nice plays. And <laughs> he's, still, yeah, he's only got one point, though, still. Yeah, it was a big one, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Lucia specifically called out that play today in uh, media availability as Camerata, you know, winning a stick battle to, to create a play. And I think those are the kinds of things that he's going to need to do uh, for this team to be successful because let's not kid ourselves. They need some offense, and Camerata can deliver it. Hammy, your thoughts on the split at Notre Dame? Well, I thought that that, uh, you know, Camerata making that play, it's kind of like Haley's Comet, you know, comes around once with how many years? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, oh we went well, there. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, the forecheck, I'll give him credit. I, I was surprised. I, in fact, I was a little bit shocked to see him on the forecheck and actually do something. But so, hey, more props to him. Hopefully there's more of that coming. But um, as far as the weekend goes, I mean, I thought it was a pretty solid weekend. I mean, I, I think the thing that I like is that the team seems to be generating more offense. I mean, you look at the last, you know, four games. I mean, we, we struggled, obviously, those first three games. And then the last four games, you know, they put 15 goals on the board. And um, granted, maybe the competition is an elite, but nonetheless, it's still pretty solid competition. And, um, you know, I thought it was nice to see, you know, some of these guys starting to contrib- contribute. Uh, Bristed especially. I mean, I thought that coming into the year that he'd be uh, – Probably one of those guys that was going to really leap forward in their improvement. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see him score some goals this last weekend. Now, Jess, as more of an outside viewer, um, Camerata's kind of had that reputation for a reason. And that's why he's kind of been the whipping boy lately. Sure. What are you seeing with him? I'm just seeing, uh, you know, a guy who notoriously starts slow, I think, you know, you're just, you know, and he's a well-known name. He's a guy that people expected more from, but, you know, and, and you guys mentioned this already. Another guy I'd put in that category is Britstedt. You know, he was, had high expectations when he came in and I, you know, don't want to say failed to live up to them, but he wasn't the impact player that people thought he could be at least not right away. And to see him sitting there with four goals and getting recognized by the big 10 this week, you know, talking to, to reporters at availability this week, I really think, you know, you're finally starting to see that step forward from him, and that's got to be an encouraging sign for, you're absolutely right, a team that needs to score goals. And I, I, will, I will say this in Bristed's, you know, defense. That was his first year playing in North America, North American hockey. I mean, there, I think we sometimes forget there is a transition for some of these guys. I mean, it is the same sport, but it, we definitely play it a little bit differently here in terms of the physicality and all that kind of stuff. So. I can understand why maybe he didn't, you know, bust onto the scene and be a huge contributor right away. And Viggs, he talked about a lot of this stuff we're talking about today at Media Day, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, it took him a while to adjust. I mean, there's so many changes for him coming um, from Sweden to to Minnesota. You know, one of the things was the time difference. It's hard for him to talk to friends and family and girlfriends back home. You know, so he was pretty isolated, I think, you know, on the team. Uh, I think we've talked about this a lot where the team was kind of clicked up a little bit and, you know, there was a little bit of uh, 
dissension in the ranks, and and that probably wasn't a good environment for him either. And this year's team, it sounds like it's it's very much together and doing things as a team. And he's just a lot more comfortable. He's playing with Hudson Fashing and and Tommy Novak, and they've obviously found some chemistry. And the other part of his game is I think he's kind of learned you know how to be physical. I remember last year, a lot of times he'd be taking penalties, trying to force some physicality into his game that maybe wasn't there yet. And and now he's you know applying his speed and and puck battles uh, in games. You know, and another thing, uh, Hammy, is that uh, we had kind of talked about the, the first line not doing much, and they actually got on the board this weekend. Yeah, it was it was nice to see Clues kind of break through. I think he's been kind of gripping the stick a little bit tighter, and I think he's had a lot of pressure trying to take on that captain role and being the leader and trying to kind of change the culture a little bit from last year. Um, so I think that he's probably taken on a little bit more than what he was kind of ready for, and I think maybe he's adjusting to that now, and hopefully we'll see him kind of stepping forward offensively. And um, It was nice to see Sheehy kind of start to contribute a little bit more. I mean, I, he's kind of an older freshman, and certainly uh, – He's got the ability. He's shown the ability to score in juniors, and so hopefully uh, he'll contribute contribute future in the future on that. Jess, I have a question for you. Have you ever dealt with uh, overbearing hockey parents? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just ask because you know uh, one of my writers, Chris Eckes, was writing and and tweeting last Friday night. He might have said something about Brodzinski's play, okay. and, and boy. Yeah. Papa started going after him. Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. Mike Brodzinski, proud Papa. You know, I, he, I he, don't... he wanted to get us out of the rink to see how good we would do. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, ho- hockey parents are legendary, obviously, and I am a hockey parent, you know, and, and I like to think I'm legendary. But no. Um, wow. I, I won't name names, but OK, I'll go ahead and name names. Here's a couple <laughs> that come to mind. Uh, we mentioned Doug Wu earlier. He he told me flat out uh, during this gentleman's one year in Dinkytown, uh, he Doug got an earful after a game in St. Cloud early in this kid's freshman season from uh, a lady from Madison. I believe the last name was Kessel about uh, about everything that was being done wrong in the University of Minnesota program, and you know how you know things were being mistreated, and and at one point you know told told Wu to the effect of, well, you you obviously don't understand things, and Doug ended the conversation by saying, you know, I I do know a little bit about the game. <laughs> that was that was kind of the end of it. So you know, I mean, you think of what these parents have invested in their kids' careers. Yeah. And and it goes back to when they're three years old and you get that first pair of skates and you're driving them to rink, the rink at six in the morning. And, you know, a lot of us can sit back from a distance and say, hey, you made it. You're you're a gopher. You're playing Division One hockey at one of the more renowned programs in the country. You're getting your education paid for. But I don't think you're ever satisfied. And And when you get to that level, you're immediately thinking, what's the next level my kid can get to? You know, can he play in the NHL hockey? Can he can he do this? Can he do that? Um, so that's where some of this tension comes from. And especially at a program like Minnesota, where expectations are very high every year from the fans, from the players, from the alumni, all of that. Um, you know, any kind of criticism is dealt with pretty sharply. And, um, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm not surprised by it either. Well, one thing that you know really parents should do is not be paying attention to fan boards or fan Twitter accounts and things like that because you know what you once they go after your kid you're gonna get defensive so it's best just to ignore it all 
here's here's a true story. This happened to me last year. Okay, uh, North Star College Cup first game, Minnesota Duluth playing Bemidji State. You know, I'm I'm obviously close to the Minnesota Minnesota Duluth program. Mm-hmm. Know a lot of people there. During the second, maybe it was the third period, I went down and just sat in the crowd with some friends of mine from Duluth among kind of all the Bulldog fans and, and all that. They're down 4 nothing to Bemidji State, okay? They've got nothing going offensively. One of their players gets the puck at center ice and moves into the offensive zone and starts, like, trying to dangle around guys. I mean, just one of those, you know, you're down 4 nothing. Shoot the puck, for goodness sake. Get it on net. And I said that out loud. I'm like, for God's sake, shoot the puck. And the woman sitting in front of me turns around to me and says, that's my son. <laughs> and I said, with all due respect, ma'am, your son should shoot the puck. <laughs> that, that was it. Oh, uh, boy. Yeah, you got to be careful. So, so yeah, you know, I mean, parents are, are the, the biggest fans out there, and they have a reason to be because they've invested a lot. But, you know, getting into a Twitter fight with, with somebody who criticizes your kid, you know, get over it. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I – I actually, I, actually, I actually had Mike Carmen's father call me at home once because of what was being said about his kid on my message board. Wow. Well, you know what? There, <laughs> not, no, it, it wait is, a minute. Not, it wasn't being said by you. It was no, it, it was by on, Handyman, which, which everyone on the GPL board knows. Okay. Well, he wanted to know who he was. He wanted to know... You know, how he could get a hold of him so he could give him a piece of his mind. I'm like, do you really want to do this? <laughs> Why didn't you just sign up for the message board? Oh, it there. It was... <laughs> you know, I mean, there's uh, some, you know, Brzezinski's dad is, I mean, pretty well known for yep. being a pretty passionate guy yep. about his kids. And, you know, I mean, I, I get it. You want to defend your kids. But, I mean, you're right. You're kind of, I mean, look, I, I don't care what level you're on when you get to this level or if he's going to be a pro. I mean, he's been drafted, and if he has, you know, pro hopes, he's going to face that kind of stuff, you know. And it's kind of like you can't defend him against everybody. At some point, you're going to have to say you're always going to have critics, and you just kind of have to blow them off and do the best you can. And uh, when you start getting in arguments with people about stuff, uh, to me, you just got to let it go. And some people just have a harder time doing that. And there are some really good parents that I've known over the years. I mean, I think of like um, Pat Fairchild, Rick Patterson, you know, even some of the current players, you know, parents are, you know, some real good people. And um, I, I think that a lot of times the parents get a little bit of a, a bad rap, if, you know, when you hear a couple of bad examples. But I think in general, they've been some pretty good parents on the, you know, for the players over the years I, do, go ahead. I do remember a, a governor of alaska who won like you know 20 some states in the election one year by bragging about the fact that hockey moms are insane so you know <laughs> it's a crazy world we live in let's be honest oh we know you love sarah palin eh, who doesn't love sarah palin? Come on. <laughs> oh boy well if you're listening live and you have a question for any of us just uh use the old hashtag gpl podcast and we'll uh Try to answer your questions, if we can, or, or we'll just make it up as we go, because we do that too. Who knows? So, Hammy, we had a split this week. We had some positives. The first line scored. That second line has still been doing the best. Camerata finally got a point. Maybe we need to get uh, a little of the other guys going. But all around, you see us moving in the right direction? Well, I mean, I, you certainly can't feel too bad when you're, you know, three or four, and they were actually, you know, they could have – uh, won that game on Friday. I mean, if they hadn't botched a few things late, you know, so I mean, I think that uh, they've been a lot more competitive, obviously offensively they've done better. I think we've always felt pretty comfortable about sh- the way that Shearhorn's been playing. I mean, uh, you know, they've 
seem to be doing a little bit better in terms of some of the defensive play and um, you know, but they they still have a ways to go. I mean, they're certainly not in a contending kind of a kind of a situation yet in terms of long term. I don't see them really being a threat right now. But I mean, if they continue to improve, and they certainly have some strong competition coming up, and um, you know, if they play well in the next few weeks, I think that'll tell a lot about what their potential is in the long run. Viggs, uh, Ryan Norman got his first ice Saturday night. Uh, did you see what he did or how he did it all? I think he he played a pretty simple game. Okay. He got he got put on the fourth line, and that line has has done a good job of you know just gaining the zone, grinding in the offensive zone, not turning the puck over. And I think he you know kind of fit into that that rule um, that was asked of him. It was kind of interesting because you know I think there were a couple of people who had been tweeting you know wondering what was happening with Norman and and trying to figure out if you know if he was going to be a potential red shirt in case you know. You know, there wasn't a spot for him in the lineup, and it turned out that uh, the coaches wanted him to lose a little weight before they'd let him play in a game. And uh, Portly. Yeah, he came through <laughs> on that and, and dropped a few pounds, and the coaches said uh, it made a big difference in his quickness. And so it got him in the lineup. Uh, we'll see if he sticks there in the next uh, couple series, but he, he definitely fit in on that fourth line. Man, how often do you hear about a hockey player needing to lose weight? I mean, you know what I mean? I, Freshman I, 15. I mean, you hear it with basketball guys, you hear about it with football players, but you almost never hear like, dude, you got to drop a few before you're on the ice. You know, you just don't usually hear that with hockey players. So that's it's kind of surprising when you hear that kind of stuff. Too many Twinkies. Not not to pick on this guy though, but I was watching uh, Canadians and Penguins tonight. You know, Phil Kessel is a guy who just looks like he's kind of chubby. Yeah, but it, it doesn't seem to affect his game. He's I mean, got the dad bod going, or what? Yeah, I mean, he's he, you know he's just he's got kind of a full face, uh, you know, and I, I wouldn't consider him overweight or anything like that because obviously, again, he's a, he's an elite offensive player and always has been. But you know, maybe he's just not the the prototypical hockey body. You know, we we do have guys like Jared Lorenzen, the the quarterback from Kentucky out there, who can you know play uh, play quarterback at a pretty high level, weighing about three twenty five. So. You know, sometimes you, you just kind of go with the body style you have, and if you can make it work, you do it. That's a huge bitch. <laughs> Three twenty-five? Are you serious? I'm absolutely serious. Look him up, Jared Lorenzen. He plays arena football now, but he was like a he was a backup for the Giants, and he was a starting quarterback at Kentucky. I want to say three or four years. You know, wow. huge kid playing in the SEC. Um, but just you know, good That's arm and, and smooth and huge smooth. arm. Yeah, he's huge arm. He could throw the ball through the uprights from the fifty yard lines on a knee. Wow! Um, and he moved in the pocket well. Like he yeah. just had that that athletic ability to move in the pocket and still deliver <laughs> the ball. I, wow! I think Kentucky had some big upsets when he was playing there. And let's face it, if you're going to try to sack him, send a defensive end because <laughs> a yeah, linebacker exactly. or a D probably not going to take him down. <laughs> That's why I thought he'd be successful. He's too damn big to tackle. Yeah. Wow. He 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 was in the news not to get too far off topic, but he was in the news this year when you know like the the Cowboys had some quarterback injuries. He was tweeting out, "Come on, you know you want to call me? Let's go!" Come on. <laughs> oh boy, that's a little yeah. desperate, but jeez. Yeah. All right, well before we move on to uh, Minnesota State Mankato, we'll have a little word from our sponsor here. Vintage Minnesota Hockey wants you to take a step back in time and keep the memories of Minnesota hockey heritage alive forever. VintageMNHockey.com features history from around the entire state of Minnesota. One feature that I enjoy on a daily basis is the This Day in Minnesota Hockey History that is on their website. 
They have tons of info on what's happening on any particular day in Minnesota hockey history. One thing as a listener that you may be interested in is the store at Vintage Minnesota Hockey. They offer all kinds of custom throwbacks from Minnesota hockey and local college teams. And as a GPL podcast listener, you just need to enter the promo code GPL podcast, one word, all over case, to get a 10% discount on any order. So visit Vintage Minnesota Hockey at VintageMNHockey.com. Yes, Jess, we're the big times now. We have a sponsor. Can I give a shout-out to our sponsor, by the way? <laughs> um, that's a fantastic website, Vintage Minnesota it Hockey. It is. And, and the best thing they have going, and I'm biased, but they do the uniform evolution, you know, year by year mm-hmm. of, the, of the different collegiate teams, like what they've worn year by year. Um, uh, I'll, I'll toot my own horn just, just a little bit here. Uh, they didn't know about the one game in 1998 when UMD came out on the ice against Wisconsin wearing what looked like gopher jerseys. Uh, they had the big block M on the front, and then in small letters down at the bottom, it said Duluth. Um, and they wore really? them for one game against Wisconsin. It went over so badly that they like destroyed them and never wore them again. And from what we can tell, there are no color photos of this. Uh, <laughs> Vintage Minnesota Hockey was able to find a Duluth News Tribune picture from that game, um, black and white. You know, not real clear, but you can clearly you know you can see. You know, here here are the Bulldogs wearing a block M on the front of their jersey. They did it one game and never again. Now, so. didn't Duluth have a block M on their shoulder? They did season. that as well. That was that was kind of in that same era, uh, late late nineties, kind of the end of the Mike Sertich era. They uh, they went with the block M. Now, when I was in school there, that was what their letter jackets looked like. They had the block M on them, and then it said Duluth underneath it. You know, okay. now they've gone to a different logo and have kind of tried to establish their own identity. Um, and as a UMD grad, I've been saying for years they should have a, a separate set of school colors and not go with the maroon and gold because, you know, again... Well, a little uh, late for that. Be, be your own idea. Well, no, you, you can change anytime. You change tomorrow. You know, what's the difference? I mean, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, what can you do? But, yeah, but, they've, but, got, they've but, got it all there. They've got all history. I swear he's yep. got every Frozen Four patch that you could put on a jersey. Uh, but yeah, to the main point, you know, great, great job by that site. And if you've got uh, a couple hours to kill, go check it out. It's it's great fun. <laughs> so wait a minute. So it's your boy Royce's birthday today. Did I just see that on, online? Yes, I see. Happy birthday from Vanessa Lambert. Wow. To Royce, I was I was on the air with Pat for a half hour today and didn't know that. Now I feel bad that I didn't well, wish it. I better. wonder if it's well. It just says nine minutes ago. So doesn't he talk about GPL all the time? Come on. I have heard him mention the site. Um, he comes. Yeah. He comes to our site to see what the crazy Gopher fans are saying. Yeah, because yeah. we're all crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, that's we're hockey so fans. We're, we got to be a little crazy. Let's go for a hole. Yeah, they're a little crazy. Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, what was the one Pride on Ice? Is that no? That's one. <laughs> that's going way back. That's the good old days. That that's is like, the good old days. That's like fifteen years ago. Yeah. 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 Matt and Kyle Barron, they were the guys behind that. Uh, I remember logging on there a few times for some fun. You know, that that was the early days of, of internet chat rooms, too. When, oh, you know, God. When, when trash chalk really became an art for the first time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There were some serious, serious wars. And yours truly was usually in about 90% of them. <laughs> I spent half a lifetime probably arguing on that board. Well, that's where a lot of us got our nicknames. That's where I got Jupiter from. I mean, yep. you know, in the beginning it was early internet, so people didn't want to publicize their real names. So 
a lot of times we were going by our handles and a lot of them just kind of stuck. I thought that was your CB handle going way back. You know, like, <laughs> Breaker 1-9. There's there you go. The Late 70s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Now you're making me feel old, dude. Yeah. Well, home and home this weekend, guys. Minnesota State, Mankato, or as I like to call them, Mankato State. Uh, we, well, you went there, so you can get yes, away with that. Yes, I, I, they were Mankato State when I went there. But uh, this Friday, Minnesota heads down and then back up at Mariucci on Saturday. Um, Viggs, you know, big expectations for Mankato this year. Uh, but, you know, similar to Duluth, they've kind of had a little bit rough start. Yeah, I think probably one of the big issues that jumped out at me was losing Palmquist, you know, as – off their blue line. I, I don't think they have a lot of talent coming back at the, at the D position. And I think that could be impacting their play. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of uh, Minnesota state games on the, on the TV, but that's something I'll be looking for this weekend is, is just how effective their, their DR at, at retrieval is getting in the rush. Um, Cause right now Minnesota doesn't give up a ton. So, you know, Minnesota state's going to have to generate some kind of offense five on five. Now, Jess, I know you're heading down to Mankato Friday night, aren't you? Um, okay, <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. Have you been covering much college hockey this year? Oh yeah. I've been to a few games, you know, and, and followed the games. It's, yeah. it's one of those deals. Like it's always been for me where if I can get to a game, great, but, but I'm following everything uh, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been to a, been to a game or two here. I had a nice conversation, you know, and not just around this area. You know, I was fortunate enough to be in Duluth on business a couple weeks ago was at the same hotel as UMass Lowell. I had a nice conversation with Norm Bazin and you know some some of the guys from out east and kind of get a little bit of a handle on what's going on out there as well. So, no, I will not be in Mankato on uh, on Friday night. Come I apologize. On. I'd love to be there and and I love to act, frankly, you know, they talked about this a little bit today during media availability, but they've made some changes to that rink and changed the dimensions of the ice and, you know, kind of done some remodeling there maybe 15 years into the, or, or more than that, into the lifespan of that arena. So uh, it sounds like it's a it's a different experience down there now, and, and I, w- I would love to see that. It's always a kind of a fun time when the Gophers come to town. Well, they always have the cowbells, though. Oh, jeez, I hate those things. Can't stand them. Um, you, but they, yes, they have improved. I remember the big uh, Minnesota Mankato series, WCHA playoffs. You know, media basically we had tables, right? Uh, yeah, there was tables, oh. and they were kind of roped off, and uh, it, it was it was ugly. Then they built in the middle part of the upper section. They built these nice little press areas on both sides of the rink, and um, I tell you, ever since they did that, uh, sitting there is a joy. Because you're up high enough, you see over the fans, you're still pretty close to the rink. Um, I love shooting from the press box because you're at a good level and there's great lighting in there. So I, I'm kind of looking forward to see, you know, they've changed the ice, they've changed some of the sight lines a little bit. I haven't been down there since they've redone it, so I am kind of looking forward to getting down there. So that, that Interesting was- situation for them, too. Uh, you know, last year was a dream year for them in a lot of ways, you know, yeah. winning the WCHA, winning the WCHA playoffs, being the number one overall seed heading into the NCAA tournament. And then and choking then, it away. Yeah, and they just hit a wall it. there. You know, no, it, no it's, it's a fair assessment. But, you know, Stefan Williams was so important for them in goal. Yep. Yep. And um, now with, with Cole Huggins kind of taking over the number one goalie role, there have obviously been some growing pains there. They started out 0-4. They scored two goals in their first four games. Any of that sound familiar, Gopher fans? You know, no, uh, you know, so, not at all. 
So <laughs> kind of stumbling out of the blocks like that. Uh, but they seem to have kind of uh, recovered and righted the ship a little bit and went out to Ferris last weekend and, and uh, won a hockey game. And, you know, that's important. Hammy, your thoughts on Mankato so far? Well, I mean, I haven't, admittedly haven't seen any of their games, so I mean, I can't really speak to anything other than what I remember from the last year and the fact that they've lost some key guys. And certainly, you know, Williams is a big thing for me when I look at what they did last year versus uh, what they've done in the Nets this year. I mean, obviously, it's a big difference. And um, certainly, I think that they kind of, I, I have always liked Hastings. He's a good coach. He's always been known as a pretty good defensive coach. And uh, they, they've got some good players still on that team, even though they lost some key guys and so I, it'll, it'll be a you know a, a difficult weekend i think that will certainly feel um some pressure down there they're, they're going to get on you and i'm sure that their crowd will be anxious like they always are for the gophers so um, i think it'll be a fun series you know i must say uh i had the opportunity to meet coach hastings at uh, an old sweet five jess oh my yes Hast- H- H- hastings came up to sweet five once at mariucci after a game and uh, boy, is he just an old-fashioned hockey guy? Yeah, just just a guy you can sit and yes. know, have a beer with and just t- tell great hockey stories. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the year that he was there at Minnesota, and, uh, and and it's great to see that he's turned the program around from what, you know, sorry, but uh, old uh, mask guy was. Uh... <laughs> but you don't like jutting? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I you know, I used to love going down to Mankato and watching him rush out in between periods to get a smoke. Wow. It, well, how about how about how about <laughs> the fact too? And you you got to wonder how how rarely this has got to happen. But the fact that there was basically a trade at the end of the 2012 season where Omaha <laughs> traded Mike Hastings yep. to Minnesota State Mankato for Troy Judding. I mean, they literally switched jobs. You know, Hastings became the head coach in Mankato, and Judding went and took Hastings' old position as the assistant coach uh, in, in Omaha. And lo and behold, you know, Juddings gets to a Frozen Four first with uh, with the Mavericks last year. The other Mavericks, excuse me. Uh, that was pretty humorous, but I, I think it's a good spot for for Hastings. You know, I think he originally wanted the Omaha job, saw that wasn't going to happen, and you know, it's a good fit for him. Well, hey, don't don't kid yourself. Three years down the road, if Dean Blaze decides to <laughs> retire or step away, I know where the first call is going to be. And and you know the the days of Mike Hastings in Omaha, I don't think are over by any stretch of the imagination. Well, who knows? So what happens this weekend, Jess? What do you think happens between Minnesota and Mankato? Home and I, home? Is it a home? I, I, home I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be bold here. I say they split. Oh jeez! Isn't that, isn't that bold of me? No, I you know I don't know. Come on! Um, both teams are scoring goals right now. Finally, you know, so that makes for some exciting hockey. What I kind of found interesting today at media availability, talking to uh, Eric Shearhorn, never talked to him before, you know, and Lucia, I still think has that rule in place that you don't talk to a freshman for the first month, and yep. you know, here he comes out, and I'm like, hey, lo and behold, we can talk to a freshman. That's pretty cool. Uh, nice kid, and kind of noted the fact that it's all new to him, you know, so he doesn't get intimidated going into a place like Notre Dame or going into a place like Mankato where, you know, the fans are going to be right on top of you. Uh, For him, it's a new experience and he's just going to have fun with it, you know. So I like that idea that that they're going in cool. Uh, I also like the idea that they're going to head down there Thursday night. They're going to stay overnight in Mankato um, you know, have a morning skate at the rink, get a little bit used to it, as opposed to, you know, a lot of times with these with these closer series, St. Cloud, Mankato, et cetera, you just hop in the bus that day yep. and head over there. Yep. 
Well, Viggs, uh, I know you've got some audio you sent me for today uh, that we'll put at the end of the podcast. Uh, I think is some of that Shearhorn's talk. Yep, some of that Shearhorn. Uh, one of the big things I think that came out of his availability was talking about working with Justin Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's the first time he's had a, a goalie Who asked coach. that question? Some, somebody really <laughs> asked that question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but yeah. I got really good audio of it because I was right by him. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, jeez. But uh, enough but yeah, stroking just, the egos, guys. Jeez. But it was interesting to hear him talk about the things that he's working on because it's similar to the stuff that Wilcox was working on under um, Justin Johnson. You know, staying calm with their feet, mm-hmm. uh, getting set for shots, and um, I think we did see uh, Shearhorn have his worst period when he got overly aggressive. He started really challenging shooters a, a bit too much. And, um, you know, that's something to, for him to work on as well. Hammy, your thoughts on this weekend? Uh, sorry, I got interrupted by looking at the Hot Chicks thread on GPL. And seeing some <laughs> some... Uh, wow. There are particular posts you got uh, distracted yeah. by? I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw a chick with whose boobs were showing with uh, <laughs> some fighting Sue like cheerleader outfit on or something like that. I'm like, ah, damn. <laughs> okay, so anyways, uh, this coming weekend, yeah. Um, <laughs> let me collect my thoughts here for a second. It might take you a few minutes. Yeah. Jeez. I, in any case, uh, actually, I actually feel pretty. You know, it's going to be a split. I think. I mean, the home and home just kind of lends it to that, and I think the Gophers are playing better and. I'm not really sure, you know, Mankato has obviously, you know, had some success recently, although I don't know that the competition has been particularly strong, so I'll be curious to see how everything matches up, but I think it's safe to go with a split. I'm going to go with road wins for both teams. That could be. That's bold. We like it. Just something different, you know, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen Mankato this year, and, you know, one thing that I noticed last year is, you know, nobody was talking about Mankato. It was pretty quiet, but then they came into the North Star Cup and kind of dispatched everybody, and then from there on out, people were talking about them. So they're a little quiet this year. We'll have to see what happens. That was uh, that was obviously kind of a landmark win uh, yeah. for, for Mankato last year. They didn't win the tournament, but beat the Gophers. And let's keep in mind, I believe that was their first ever win at XL Energy Center. They were they had had a you know really? lousy record there over the years, uh, it was something like 0-7. So they go in there, they win one game, it's against the Gophers in front of a big crowd, obviously a mm-hmm. pro-Gopher crowd. Uh, and, and, you know, they come back a couple months later, they win the WCHA tournament there. You know, that was, uh, that was like you say, that was kind of when people started to take notice of the Mavericks, I think, last year. Well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens, guys. Just well, with that in mind, too, I mean, you know, you got to think that this is a critical series for Mankato for, you know, a team that started slow is starting to gain a little confidence. It's like, let's see if we're really for real, if we can uh, win a game or two from a team like Minnesota. I'm just hoping I run into Dan Myers when I'm down there. Because he's crazy. No, he's we're not, not related, so you can go ahead and say it. <laughs> Spelled the same, but uh, I actually think he blocked me, man. Oh, so I must be. I know I'm crushed. I'm I, mean, a, I don't follow him actually. So, oh, I wasn't followed by him either. But I think I just like somebody had said something about something he said so i'm like okay i look him up on twitter and it's like you don't have access to this person's i'm like oh he must have blocked me though i must say gpl was blocked by tim brewster i saw that oh yeah 
it, it's an achievement. I feel good about it. That's that's a feather in the cap. It I'd is. I put out a press release about that. If I was... <laughs> Apparently, he's not too high on Gopher Nation now. Or boy, what? you know, some, I, somebody from KFN had had a tweet with a picture of him about the art of blocking people on Twitter. Oh. So I just, you know, I quoted it and just added his name on the end of the tweet, you know, so he would see it. And boy, next morning, this morning, blocked by Tim Brewster. What a shame. Wow. Wow. Go so for Jess, nation. What, what's wrong with uh, UMD, Jess? <laughs> you know, here's here's a fair question. No, you know, I, I I know you're you're maybe trying to. to no, I'm not. I'm, I'm just curious. No, no, that, and that's fine. But it's well a fair lately. question. In you know mid September when the poll came out, they were picked to win the NCHC. You know, they started the season ranked first or second in the country. You yep. know, probably second. I think BC was first at the time. The question I asked then, and it's a question I'm still asking six weeks later or whatever it is, who's going to score all the goals for these guys? Um, they're very good defensively. They've got a very good goalie in Cascasio. They've got you know probably one of the top defensemen in all of college hockey in Andy Walensky. Who's going to keep putting the puck in the net on a consistent basis? Because Mr. Connolly doesn't work here anymore. Right? <laughs> um, so that's proven, I think, you know, in the early going – to be the Achilles heel and until someone steps up, if it's a Tony Anato or if it's a Jared Thomas or, you know, one of these young guys steps up and takes that mantle and says, you know, get on my back. I'm going to put the puck in the net and I'll show you how um, they're going to struggle. Drunk hockey guy thinks you're a traitor for coming on the podcast, by the way. I know. And and like I said, and I'm I know sure you really care. <laughs> yeah, but he's been on the podcast. Come on. <laughs> If, if anyone you know comments about uh, Gopher Hockey or UMD Hockey on Twitter and he doesn't respond to it within about 45 seconds, call 911 and send an ambulance <laughs> to his house because he's obviously trapped under something heavy. Uh, yeah, he's been big on the Gopher football team lately. Boy, oh, he's all Christ. Christ today. I, I will give him credit. Kind of kind of a funny tweet he had today. He said, uh, "Giving a three-year contract extension to a coach who's 0 and 2 is the most Gopher football thing ever." <laughs> True. Did we give a contract to him? Did I miss something today? Yeah, it was signed yeah. three years. Oh, I didn't know that. Plays is now a permanent head coach. <laughs> they extended his interim contract for three years. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pretty budget contract. He's only getting like a mil four, mil five, mil six, which puts him at the bottom of the Big Ten pretty much. Yeah, so. yeah. It, well, it's, it's, it's an increase for him no matter what, but you got to think that they, you know, trying to save as much money as possible and, if he does well, then he'll get the big contract. So, Who well, he he's been left uh, the keys to a pretty nice car. I will say that yeah. because uh, you know, Kill was having a very good recruiting year and starting to kind of turn the tide, keeping some of these top in-state kids uh, in Minnesota. So, you know, it, pressure's on. You know, uh, the expectations are are high and getting higher, and uh, he, he's got some shoes to fill. Well, How many just, cliches did I work into that oh, sentence? Right there? That was pretty good, wasn't it? Almost as many as Leon. Oh, yeah. You, is, that, is that some of the audio you sent me, Leon? Yep, Leon, once again. Mr. Cliché today? Yep, he likes, he likes to bring them out. I hate uh, that. Multiples. Speaking so of, by the way, speaking of gophers who uh, hail from uh, the other side of the ocean, I think we've got to give a tip of the cap to Thomas Vanek for the, for the game he had last night and for the season he's having. Uh, you know, the, the two goals he scored were two of the pretty, prettiest goals I've seen for the wild this season and a uh, nice kind of bounce back year for him. He uh, needed it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, not to, uh, 
not to plug myself too much, but I, I'll go ahead and say, you know, take a look at 1500ESPN.com. I wrote a nice little piece yesterday uh, after the game about Thomas and kind of the renaissance he's having, and, and good for him. Yeah, and that we were talking about it on GPL last night, how that second goal he scored reminded us all of that uh, goal he scored against Ferris State in the 2003 NCAAs at Mariucci, and very similar goals. He scored in the same, sniped in the same spot, so it brought back memories from 12 years ago, so that was kind of interesting. Not not to get too deep into the wild, but it was interesting on that play, and, and uh, Mike Yo talked about this after the game. You know, Vanek gets the puck with a head of steam, comes flying in, and uh, you look at who he's up against, and it's Paul Postma, who's a defenseman who was playing his second game of the season for the Jets. <laughs> you know, it wasn't Dustin Bufflin, it wasn't Mark Stewart, it wasn't one of the 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 guys you think about. They're usual suspects on the blue line for Winnipeg. It's this inexperienced guy. And Yo said after the game, you know, Thomas is a guy who can play effectively against the team's top two lines, against their top two sets of D. But if we can get him out there against a third line or a fourth line and against a third D pairing, that's when he's really dangerous. And that's what we saw. Kind of kind of fun to watch. Made him look pretty bad. Yeah. Which was very entertaining. Absolutely. So good for him. You know, he was he was never, I don't think, fully healthy all of last year. He had the gambling thing hanging over his head. You know, there was uh, as much of it was cool for him to, to kind of come home to Minnesota. There's still that period of adjustment that he went through. So just, uh, you know, a rough start for him last year. And even though he wound up with a fair amount of points and was relatively high on the scoring charge for the Wild overall, just seemed like kind of a false start in a lot of ways. And, and to see him doing what he's doing and, you know, a smile on his face is really a nice thing. I actually kind of think it's nice that Howell is finally starting to find his game for the Wild. Yeah. I mean, well, I mentioned it, to, he had a bad, I mentioned it today, bad, yeah. He had a bad sophomore year. There's no doubt about it. He did. And, uh, you know, obviously it was a big gopher night last night, even with Wheeler getting in on the scoring. So Eight, eight goals in the game, four of them from Gophers. Uh, so, nothing uh, wrong with that. I mean, didn't hear from any Bulldogs last night. Uh, well, we got one, but he's injured. Yeah, yeah. What a shame that is. Yeah, absolutely. What a shame. Jess, I want to thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure, guys. Call me anytime. This is fun. I know. Well, you can follow Jess on Twitter, Jess R. Myers, uh, J-E-S-S-R-M-Y-E-R-S. You never know if they might misspell it. You never know. It's happened before. Yes. Uh, Remember, you can always follow Hammy at Hammy Hockey and Vigo at eVigo. We'll be back in a couple weeks. We're going to take a couple weeks off because the Gophers don't play next week. But we'll be back to recap the Mankato series and preview the next series. I think it's with the St. Cloud State. Yes. Until then, thanks for listening. Has it been much difference on the ice for second year? 
Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I think that you got to feel good off the ice to be able to play good on the ice. So when you feel good off the ice, it's easier to to play good and, you know, focus on hockey and do what you want to do. And I think that's what happened. And then, like, the good feeling on the ice will come eventually. And what were kind of some of those things that were preventing you from feeling kind of your best last year? You know, all small things you can think of, you know, the language barrier, uh, being loaded up with school. It's like, you know, taking, doing school in another language, uh, being away from home, being away from girlfriend and family, not being able to talk to them because of the time difference. Um, you know, just just not producing as much as I wanted early. And a different way of coaching, a different way of playing. Everything is different, and that's something I I thought I was prepared for, but I wasn't. How do you see your role on that line? You know, I'll play with energy, uh, make plays, do do some skill. Uh, Skill plays down low. I think we all can make skill plays. I think we all can work hard. So I'm just trying to get some, get some goals and make some plays and you know have fun and contribute. Did you see Vanek skill play last night? Oh, yeah, I did. Can you try it? <laughs> I'll try it. I'll do it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what were some of your biggest takeaways from the series last weekend? You guys dropped one early and then came back and kind of won another one later, and what does that say about the team that you're able to come back and win the second game? I mean, I think we we proved to ourselves that we can win against good teams and that if we play the way we want to play, we will be up and fight against the best team in the, in the nation. I, that's where we want to be, and I think it was a good step towards that. We're just going to make sure we, we can't be there every other game or every third game. We have to be there every night, and uh, that's our challenge right now. That's where we want to be, and that's where we're working. You guys were able to win 4-1-3, third-period goals against Notre Dame. You play another tough team this week in the Minnesota State. What do you guys have to do to uh, continue that? I know all that cliches, you know, work hard, put pucks deep, and do all the hard stuff. You know, I, I don't really have the answer for it. I just know that if we go out and do our best, we have a good chance to win. Minnesota State graduated a lot of players last year. Are they a different team this year? Um, I can't really tell. Uh, I know they have some young guys, and I know they have been maybe struggling a little bit in the beginning, but they have a really good team. Uh, we, we lost here last year, so I think there's a lot of guys in our team that coming down there want to take your lunch. The goal is obviously to win, but how much is this first half of the season just to get these younger guys a chance to grow up and feel comfortable on the ice? No, it's, it's huge. I mean, without the young guys, we can't win, no. especially when we have eight or ten of them. They're a part of a team, and in a team, you need, you know, you're never stronger than your weakest link, and so we have to make sure that everyone is on the same page. And we we can't have younger guys that that isn't on the same page as our as our everyone else. So, you know, it's a big part. Sorry, you've already been asked this, but how much did that win uh, on Saturday help the confidence for the younger guys get a win on the road, and even for you to keep this momentum going? And I think it's good for the younger guys to get some experience. I think it's good good for everyone, actually. Um, but definitely have some guys coming straight out of high school, and of course, I know, I know it took four months for me last year to adapt to and, you know, get used to college hockey. So, I mean, I'm not expecting anything else for them. I'm just expecting that they're, that, that we're all are really trying hard and doing our best every day. Has anybody tuned you into a rivalry with, with Matt Cato? I mean, you've only, had, you've only played one game against them. Uh, you know, and it was your first year in this country. Has anybody talked about rivalry and, and you know what they might bring to try to beat the Gophers? How important is this series? 
I mean, we are the Gophers, and everyone's trying to beat us, and that's how it is. And that that's a good part with being a Gopher. You know that you're you're playing playing for a good school, a school with tradition, and it's gonna keep bringing tradition. So, yeah, it's a rivalry, and we're really pumped for it. You know, we lost last year, as I said, and gonna go down there and try to win. Anything else for Leon? No. Thanks, Leon. Thanks, Leon. Yeah, thanks. Like the uh, the defense you've got playing in front of you, and and do you guys seem to be kind of coming together as a as a as a unit? Yeah, we're uh, working in practice every day. I think they've gotten better every day since uh, the coaches have stepped out on the ice. So um, I don't really have any complaints right now. How much you feel like this team has grown up over the last few months, even last weekend with that yeah. big win on Saturday? Yeah, last weekend was big. Um, I think coaches are preaching that we have to work harder and uh, be more consistent day in day out with our effort and. Uh, I think that really hit home Saturday, and we, and we uh, showed it on the ice. How comfortable do you feel back there? It seems like you settled in pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I feel comfortable. Um, you know, the defense are doing a, a good job just allowing me to make the first save and then uh, clearing everything else out, so it kind of makes my job easier. A month ago, your coach was making a lot of the fact that you hadn't had specific goalie coaching maybe in a year or two. What's it been like you know, working with Justin, and what has that contributed to your game? Yeah, it's been huge. Um, we go over video. He shows me things in games that, hey, you know, work on this, and, and I'm able to add to my game more than I think I have in past years, and I can already see that this year that uh, it's been a big help, so it's huge. What kind of little things is he working with you on? Just kind of being more set on things. It's sometimes I challenge a little too much, you know, calmer feet, stuff like that on angle. So, yeah. As a goalie going, you know, a weekend like this one where you're going from a smaller rink back to your Olympic-sized rink, how much work do you do on angles, positioning, that kind of stuff? It's not a whole lot. I mean, um, the angles are the same. It's just everything happens a little faster. So, you know, whether it's a, a shot and a rebound to the corner, you got to recover a little faster because Olympic ice, it's, you know, however many more feet away than, than on the smaller rink. So it's just little things like that, not too hard. Being from Anchorage, did you play at like Sullivan a lot? I know that's got a big ice sheet. Yeah, no, n- never really at Sullivan. So I'm, I'm used to playing on the on the smaller rink. Um, only played on big rinks a couple times in the USHL, so I'm comfortable in it. What do you know about this rivalry with Mankato last year? Both teams were two of the top teams in the country. Yeah. Um, don't know a whole lot. Learned, learned today that uh, they kind of had a chance last year to get on when they're the number one team, uh, and they didn't really come through, so uh, it's an in-state rivalry, so we, we take a lot of pride in, in uh, winning these games. As an outsider, what do they tell you about these, uh, and is it hard to buy into them right away, or can you feel that excited pretty No, quick? it's not hard. I mean, going to Duluth the first time, their whole student section was there uh, right when warm-up started, so it's not hard to buy in. <laughs> we want to be number one in the state, so... Is it almost nice for you, you know, that that it's all that's all new, that you don't have, you know, a preconceived notion of what it's going to be like? Or? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the best. It's fun, you know. It's fun to have that rivalry. Uh, we didn't really have that in the USHL, um, but it's cool. It's really cool. Anything else? Thanks, sir. Thank you. Thanks,